Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Good evening, Rush Nation. It is Thursday night. There is no stocks. You've got me yet again, but don't worry. I do have an amazing guest. If you're watching this on the YouTube, you already know who it is, or you've actually read the title again. You would probably already know who it is. Um, but... Um, before I get into the introduction, just want to update everyone. Thank you so much for all the responses to the shows uh, we've done across the week. Um, and yes, uh, I uh, want to thank everybody for not laying into me too much uh, for my waiver wire video um, that I posted. So uh, for context, for those of you that are listening and don't understand this, on Monday, I did a show for uh, Pro Football Network, uh, Fantasy Football, and then I did mo- uh, our waiver wire show. And I alluded to the fact that Nick Chubb can be, is not the most reliable back. He is susceptible to injury. I said he's not, I think the words I used were not the most durable back. And then in Monday Night Football, some seven hours later, he gets a horrific injury. It's obviously not what I meant um, that something like that would happen. And I'm not from the future. So it's not like I knew that was coming. Obviously, I felt very terrible Tuesday and stayed very quiet because I don't want people to think that. I was hoping for an injury like that. And some people do would interpret it like that, but that was obviously not the case. If you'd be listening to the show, I'd like to think that you wouldn't think so, but I want to just put that out there that obviously it was a really unfortunate injury to see Nick Chubb go down. My thoughts and prayers are with him and his family and hope he uh, is able to return next season uh, and demonstrate what a great back he is. But yeah, just to clarify that um, if you watched it or listened to it after the injury, I wasn't making light of the injury because it was recorded before. And if you're watching it before uh, and knew the context, uh, it wasn't me trying to suggest that something like that was going to happen because how and why would I? It was just the fact that we're looking at 
potential edges in fantasy football and Jerome Ford as an edge. So I just wanted to clarify that at the top of the show. Um, but just uh, getting into this now. So one of my favorite people on Twitter or X or Elon Musk's playground or whatever we're calling it these days, um, very good friend of mine, has written a, a, an absolutely phenomenal book. Uh, I hope most of you have bought this, uh, The American Football Revolution. Um, he is also on the uh, Nat Coombs podcast. He's on TalkSport. He's, he's bad everywhere in the community at the moment. It's Ben Isaacs. Welcome back. Hatton's appearance of the five-year rush. How are you, my friend? I'm fantastic, Murph. I'm doing really well. And it's it's interesting hearing you clarify those uh, Nick Chubb comments because in the book where there's the chapter on the importance of um, fantasy football in the growth of the sport over here, I talk about how, you know, especially on social media, people people keep the receipts when mm. when they're listening to fantasy experts such as yourself. And it's it's a very it's a very instant thing that if, if you say someone's gonna do well or drop this person this week and you're wrong, people are not shy about letting you letting you know that. Um so I've always got so much, so much time for people like yourself who will put their head above the parapet and say, look, here's what I think. Here's what it's based on. But you always know that someone will be looking to, you know, really get you in the neck if you get it wrong. Yeah, I don't necessarily mind the getting it wrong part because we're human, right? And to be honest, if you're getting it right 60, 65% of the time, you're 15% above the house. You're having a great time. Like, you know, at the end of the day, I make calls that are bold um, and some of them work out and some of them don't, but I play and I give the advice that I take myself. So I play the game to win and you've got to take risks, especially if you have a squad that isn't in a position where it can win right now. Cause the way I look at it is if your squad isn't quite ready to win, you're pushing all in. If it doesn't work, you've lost nothing because you weren't going to win anyway. And that's how I kind of view it. So, um, and I never mind when people say to me, you, and I hear a lot more. Actually, I'm quite lucky. I think in the UK community, I would say this now, people are more thankful for the good advice you give than the bad advice or the advice that doesn't work. But I think those that, uh, perhaps those that are loudest are the ones that complain about the, the, the stuff that went wrong. So they're the ones that will go out in the open and shout about how I got it wrong, Jack Humphrey got it wrong, someone else got it wrong. Uh, rich cool and go wrong whoever but the people that you do well they'll privately message you and say thank you so much that call was valuable i won my week i won my league whatever it is so it's like the public don't get to see the good stuff they see the negative stuff but actually i i get far <laughs> more positive interactivity from people it's just more private which is actually how i prefer it to be honest because i'm not one for uh trying to victory up and i and yeah for me it's just i don't want comments to be misinterpreted so I didn't want my comments on Monday about Nick Chubb to be seen as uh, wanting to <laughs> someone saying, uh, Mark, my friend Mark was saying, Jack never gets it wrong. Uh, well, not at the moment. He um, he landed nearly three grand uh, from the bookies on, on Sunday night. So I think he's going to be the first UK owner of an NFL franchise. Oh, just on just like his winnings. <laughs> He's going to win the Millie Maker. Uh, and then he's, well, he won't be here, will he? Because if he wins that money, he's off. He's going somewhere else. So Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think for me, and I think you're the same, especially as someone who writes a lot, you just don't want your, your comments to be taken out of context. 
Um, and I don't right, want people right. to think yes. I want an injury to a player. And that's why I clarified this at the top, because yeah. I don't want people or, to think that that's you... what I want. Or that you're being so flippant that you're mm. looking at these people's lives yeah. and careers as simply numbers in a league. Now, yeah. it's a it's a game. People enjoy fantasy football because it's it's a game that takes skill, brain work, knowledge, allows you to enjoy the games more. And yes, you might be you might be thinking, I, I hope I hope that I hope that quarterback has a bad game against me. And that's all that's all fine. Mm. But the the idea of kind of people getting angry at a player because they've got injured or wishing an injury mm. on someone is obviously you know there there are some people who will who will feel that feel that way because you know some people are crazy enough so i i definitely i definitely know where you're coming from because you you don't want to be so flippant that like oh yeah that guy's not very durable when he's got such a serious injury that the idea that you're kind of brushing it away simply like well i don't care about the human cost of this this is simply uh this is simply about me saying well you can't trust players like that of wisdom then we've got a problem no i can't we're sorted Yes, there we go. I don't know what happened there. It's just one of those crazy. Well, I know what happened. So I've got a, 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 a like I've got a Mac, and uh, I was at the game last night. I got very wet, and some of my technology got wet, so I think it's got water gremlins. Uh, but that's fine. I can hear everything now, so it's all it's all good. Um, yes, and I've got it. I've got a fail safe, so now the speakers on here are working, so we're all good. Um, yes. So anyway, let's talk about. We talked a lot about uh, me. Let's talk about the book because this is a, a phenomenal book. I've read it, um, and I, I, do you know what I love about this book is it? It's about real people and real fans. So it's not theory based. It's not. I mean, there's a lot of history in it, but it's it's through the eyes of of real people, real fanatics. And I think what I love is you've captured the passion of uh, of real fans. Tell us why you wrote this book like how did it come up as a concept how did you end up writing it and 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 getting it to to publication well i'm i'm really glad that you've said um what you said in terms of kind of the way the way it came across um for reasons that will become clear um so i for ages i've i've just been sick of the fact that i didn't ever feel that fans in the uk community got enough credit for the growth of the sport over here people want to give credit to the broadcasters, give credit to NFL UK, give credit to the NFL's head office for bringing the games over and all this. But what about the people who are actually staying up late to watch the games, that are buying Game Pass, that are, you know, meeting meeting new people in fantasy leagues and just getting more and more people involved, the people who are buying the tickets to the games, what about what about all of them? What about those hundreds of thousands of people that have made this sport really big while sponsors and broadcasters want to kind of pat themselves on the back for what a great job that they've done you know what about, what about the sort of people who are listening to this podcast right so i'd i'd i've been kicking around ideas of what what can i do to really kind of write a love letter to the fans that have made this sport what it is in this country and i thought okay well no one wants to write about uk fans like there are there are plenty of books about kind of like fan communities and stuff in america and all this but no one wants to write about uk fans so i thought okay well i can do this and i can write a history of nfl fandom in the uk and i the more i thought about it i thought i don't know i don't know how interesting it's going to be Mm. and then i woke up one morning and i thought 
right, what if instead of it simply being a chronological history from 82 when, because I've that's that's what I'm using as my starting point, 82 when Channel 4 first launched and it was showing the NFL, that I feel is the, the actual birth of NFL fandom. So I thought instead of it being simply a chronological history, what if each chapter, instead of simply being an era, mm. it's a person who represents that era, their story thumbs up that era. It's not like, oh, here's the most important person from that era. It's here's someone mm. whose story helps me tell the wider story and that will all fit together. So once I had that concept of, right, every chapter is a single person telling their story and it all fits together from 82 to 2022, I then thought, okay, well, let me let me take this to market. Let me see who's interested. And the first company I wanted to approach was Pitch Publishing, who are the UK's biggest independent sport uh, publisher. Um, they'd already published two books about American football, um, which kind of marks them out as unique because most publishers are not interested in um, UK books about the NFL. Um, so I thought, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send them a pitch. And at worst, they'll say no, and I'll see if I can get some good feedback so that for the next publisher I pitch it to, I'll, ha I'll have it be in a stronger position. But they got back to me instantly with some questions and how about this? How about this? Um, I had a terrible title initially. I think it was something like Wrong Side of the Pond. And they said, what about the American Football Revolution? And I was like, yeah, that is a million times better. Thank you. So I'm not I'm not even going to take credit for what is a brilliant title because I'm not that sort of person. Um, so they came up with the title and I emailed them one morning and by that night I had a contract. And I, I don't think it usually works that quickly. It just happened to work that quickly in these circumstances. So then I had, you know, just over just over a year to write it. And that was a deadline I, I set myself, um, which was all which was all fine. And it was a matter of organizing all those interviews with the different people and not that you asked Murph, but here's, here's how I wrote them. Right now, this, this was kind of like, drove me a little bit, little bit crazy in terms of uh, my time management, because there were certain points where I could have done three interviews in a week and I can have those banked and I can then write them when I get time. I felt I couldn't do that. Because when I would do an interview, when I did the first one, I realized that I needed to finish writing that chapter, live in that person's life, live in the chapter until I had completely finished that chapter. I couldn't split time with another fan. My focus had to be entirely on that one fan. At that point, they were the most important person in the whole community to me, that one person. So I would do one. And I try and have the next one set up because each one would take a few weeks to write. You know, I would I wanted it to be full of full of their words. It's their story. But it, it always had to kind of tell the full story of the, the chronological history of the fandom. And it, it just meant that I was I felt I was so entrenched in those people's lives for that for that period. It was it was very weird saying goodbye when it was like, OK, that chapter's finished. I'm now on to the next one. I love that though, because I think it comes across that it's not just you sat down with this person, you chatted for like half an hour or hour or however long it was, 
and then you just sort of took the best bits away and then wrote about it. It was, it was as you described, you fully immersed into it, especially when you're talking about people that have been fans for a very long time. So you talk about, I'm not going to spoil the whole book, but you talk about fans who, um, one fan in particular who is quite well known uh, in terms of from a, a perspective, especially internationally. In fact, uh, the owner of the team that he supports even knew who he was and got him involved and mm-hmm. then really cool things. Uh, and again, I don't want to spoil it because then the, I want people to buy this book, right? Um, but it's phenomenal about uh, how people really get into their teams and um, dress up and and form micro communities off the back of their fandom and common interest, not just the team, but of other things that spirit into that. And you can tell that you just, like you say, you live that life and you live that experience and you used a lot of their words to tell the story. And, and the one thing that comes across all the way through is, is passion, commitment, and community. They're, they're like the words that constantly kept jumping out because no matter what each person was talking about, they weren't doing it just for themselves. It was always about other people. Every single person in this book that you speak to is talking about other people, other people they've met, other people that they harness. And it, that's what people don't understand is that the NFL fans are a community or there may be micro oh. communities that come up to build one big community. I, this, I genuinely, right. Genuinely, this will, this will sound like hyperbole, right. But genuinely when you, when you were saying those things about the, like the passion and community, I got, I got chills because it was, it was only after the book came out and I've, I've obviously read the book over and over many times because I had to. Yeah. It was only when the book came out and I got the response to it that I that I that I realized how important it was to show the community mm-hmm. that everyone who was a part of this book is doing things to uplift the community yeah. that it was about other people every every person their focus was other people and it i didn't i didn't know that at the time no. when i was writing it it was only afterwards that i started to like i'm not saying it was off the back of this book but i did have people like um send me messages about this some people kind of tweeting openly about it and kind of asking me that the idea of the 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 quote unquote real fan and the influencers and and all this sort of stuff and some people had said to me like oh i'd be interested in your book but is it full of influencers and i was like <laughs> i mean i i don't think i mean there's 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 one person in the book who says i do not consider myself an influencer and mm. the more i've spoken to that person i think that is absolutely right because i think a lot of people who and forgive me if i'm going off on a tangent but this mm. is kind of the, the this is this i think is a a burning issue in the, in the community mm. right now that I think there are community leaders, right? Whether they've, whether they know they are, whether that's a title they would want to give themselves. Like Murph, you are a community leader, right? Whether you whether you like it or or not, people that's how they would view you. Whether they would use that phrase or not is a different matter. But that's 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 what you are. And there are obviously in any sort of fandom, there are people who would look to take from the community more than they put in yeah. what what can i get out of this what's the benefit to me rather than everyone who ended up in the book was the other way 100% what what can i what can i what can i do like how can i how can i help other people and 
it wasn't like at the time I thought, oh, these are the people I need to seek out. I just wanted to speak to people who I felt would represent an, a, a, sp- a small part of history in the best way. And it happened to be that everybody I spoke to fulfilled that criteria. And I think there is a there is a wider discussion going on now about kind of um, NFL fandom mm. and the actual community. Yeah. Because it, it is it is a community. It is a genuine living, breathing community. It's not just a group of people with a shared interest. It is a community. And everybody in the book is not just an important part of that community, but because, you know, they, they, it isn't all like people who you're going to know be like, oh, yeah, it's that person from no. Twitter. It isn't necessarily like that. No. Absolutely. So these, you know, these these are just some people are well known. Some people are not well known. Mm. But everyone's story is just as is just as important, and everybody is such a vital part of that community because they want to keep giving back. And I salute everybody who does that. And like Murph, you are fantastic at that. I mean, you you're mentioned you're mentioned in the in the book as one of kind of the it well the like having the greatest fantasy operation in the uk like you uh, you are the you are the gold standard and they, those aren't those aren't my words it was very it was very great it was very nice to hear um someone within the fantasy communities say that say that about you so it's been it's been really interesting because the book's been out i think it's a, a month today mm. in fact and the the conversations that have sprung up about it have been really enlightening and i hope it leads to more conversations of what it means to be within the community and i hope it leads to other people wanting to wanting to write about their fandom whether that's just whether it's a whether it's a blog or whether it's mm. starting a podcast to talk about those things or whether it's someone deciding okay like ben's written this book that is a broad history of uk nfl fandom i want to go down a very specific niche because that's what I'm super passionate about, and that's what I want to write about. I, I, I hope, I hope that this leads to more, more people writing and creating, creating content for the community, not simply because they think they can make a quick buck or they can get famous and use it as a stepping stone. This community is not a stepping stone. No, I'm saying that now. No, you're okay. You're absolutely right, and it, it, it shouldn't be. And first of all, first kind thanks for the kind words. I, I don't know. I think the common theme between everyone, and it resonates with me a lot with everybody in this book, and and we all share a lot in common, but I think none of us want to profit or benefit from it Um, financially or, and again, you've got people who talk about this, that everything they do, they fund out of their own pocket. You know, they they don't take, you know, people who wrote... um, like fan magazines or like news newsines or you know and again I'm not going to spoil it but was all funded you know for their love their passion because what they're getting out of it the same way as what I get out of this is meeting people you meet people with a common interest with a common love and passion of something and that's that's enough if I meet you know and I'm lucky enough through this medium to have met hundreds of people who are genuine friends now um there's some great people in our community who now do a fantasy um conference every year um which been a pleasure of being able to speak both years and now this fantasy community is now meeting and you know when we started this podcast six and a bit years ago stocks and i um my mission was purely 
to stop people having to join a random NFL.com league with no friends because they didn't have enough people to form a league. That was it. That was the whole point of this was if we can just connect people to play fantasy football so that they're playing with real people and getting a real fantasy football experience and no one ever has to join a random NFL.com league again in the UK, my work's done. I'll I'll die a happy man because that's that's fantasy football is about friends. It's about playing with real people. It's about bragging rights. It's about banter. It's about having a laugh. That's the whole point of it. You can't have a laugh if you're playing robots. It doesn't doesn't work. It's not a video game. You don't get the same level of enjoyment. Um, and I think and you you'll never be you'll never person, be able to know. I'm just no. sorry. You'll never be able to know how many people you have you have connected how many because like there there will be people who you've helped introduce to other people to play in a league together that will have become best friends they'll become inseparable that you know are texting each other as soon as as soon as they get up in the morning talking about the previous night's game or whatever right people such as you and there's people in the book that Mm. this applies to just as well have changed people's lives because bringing people together is uh, rather than like oh i'm going to like i'm going to get some cool job out of all of this bringing people together mm. really actually changes people's lives right yeah. there might be people out there who genuinely are just are are really lonely they've got particular interests they feel a little bit isolated because they haven't got they haven't got friends around them who are interested in the same things and all of a sudden they get to join a fantasy league meet those people and everything everything changes like the the impact that it can have on our niche sort of interest in this country bringing people together what that what that does for people and mental health is it it can't be measured you'll never you'd never be able to find out and there's no. i there's there's no there's no amount of money that can replicate how right. how good it can feel to know that you have helped bring people together and i'm sure people are thinking oh i know what one billion pounds might do that <laughs> one billion pounds probably would make you happy right i'm not i'm not going to say it wouldn't make you happy it probably would make you happy you could do all sorts of things and not have to worry about certain things but it wouldn't necessarily give you that sense of satisfaction of knowing that you've done right. the right thing they're very different feelings and knowing that you've been doing the right thing and helping people and bringing people together through a love of love of a game and forging friendships you can't put a price on that no and and i think really i we're quite blessed and i think this community's quite blessed because when it got to covid and the world shut down basically for 18 months you couldn't see loved ones that was when i saw the community at its absolute best because that was when everybody pulled in everybody connected with everybody everybody was saying it's okay to feel isolated it's okay to feel like you you want to just reach out and the amount of people i saw who said hey if you're struggling here's my mobile number here's my twitter account open drop me a dm drop me a message give me a call and i saw that from literally thousands of people in our community who were saying if you're struggling i'm here let's just talk football let's just connect let's find a way and the ingenious ways in which um people attempted to make connections i know one of the people in the book liz she did loads of things 
during COVID, uh, online virtual events and things like that. And I think that's why it's a, it's amazing. When I, I, I do a lot of stuff with American fantasy football analysts, fans, and they ask me like, how'd you get into the game and go through all that? And my journey is very different to everybody else's because I lived there for so long. But I, I say to them, it's like, you, I try and explain the fan experience over here and they don't get it because they don't see it's a different type of passion with, with American fans. I feel that their passion is come from birthright. It's come from their family. Most NFL fans support the team that their parents support or support where they're from or a combination of the two. And that is 90, 90, 95% of fans in the NFL. It's the same way that all college fans are where they went to college. <laughs> and in fact, some of them go to college and follow in the family lineage. There's people that I went to school with people who were nine generations, University of Florida, nine generations of the same family, all going to the same school because they're Florida Gator families. That's how they identify. We are a Florida Gator family. You can't go to any other school. You go to Florida. That's what you do. And that is American fandom. So here it's special because you have to choose a team because you're not from any of those places. And a lot of people choose Miami because of it's, you know, in Orlando, it's in Florida. A lot of people go to Florida, but a lot of people choose really random teams. It's my favorite thing of asking anybody in the community is, how did yes, you get to support yes. your name? How did you get to support your team? Because there's some great stories in that. You could write an entire book on just how fans pick their teams. Because I know, I know. Uh, you know. There you go. I'm pitching your next book idea. And I yeah. think that's, that, that's the that's what people don't get is we're passionate not just because of the fact that we love the sport and we're engrossed in it, but it's we've built our own community because we don't have a local community. We don't have a national team that we fight as much as they try to put the Jags down people's throats, you know, and, and the other thing, and this came up in the book, I think briefly was nobody wants a team here. Nobody wants. No, I don't think they do. Nobody wants a team. Everyone's like, I speak to Americans all the time. They're like, oh yeah. So when are you going to get your own NFL franchise? And we're like, we hope never. (laughs) Because no yeah. one, no one would want that. Like, I think that's how you kill the sport in this country. Is if you had a UK franchise. I don't think that's what people want. Yeah. I think people got an appetite. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I mean, right, so if, if somebody's there living in Gainesville, right, they know that they can go to any any sports bar at any time when there's a Gators game on and they're going to be surrounded by fellow fans who they've got something in common with. Whereas there might be NFL fans 
in your street. I know there's a Ravens fan in my street, but like you're not. It's as a, as a Chicago Bears fan, I'm not going to be like, oh well, of course I'm going to be surrounded by Chicago Bears. No, and I'm going to I'm going to step out and I can just chat to people about this. So we're we're all mixed up. Yeah, in that you 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 you. It's impossible to just be like, oh no no. Well, I only really communicate with with fans of my team because you'd have a very weird life in the UK if that's how you did it. Yeah. You know, that you've really opted out of it because we're we're an absolute mixture. We've got absolutely everything. So we don't have that kind of that that home media experience of like, okay, well, the local the local radio station, the local paper, all that sort of stuff, you're surrounded by it. We we don't have that. We are a bit of everything. And the the whole thing about the whole thing about the Jags, now I think this is this is the thing, right? And in one of the chapters, somebody says that there's a lot of criticism of the NFL UK Twitter channel, but you need to remember it's not for you. If you're already a knowledgeable fan of the sport, that Twitter account is not for you. No. Now, that's not to say it's completely unjustified to get annoyed by certain things that they get wrong or whatever, but it's not aimed at you in the no. same way. If you're like, oh, I love Succession and my child loves watching Bluey and I don't like watching Bluey, that's fine because it's not for you. You know, I know that Bluey is highly acclaimed. Whereas NFL UK, I watch it with my son all the time. It's phenomenal. Um, With with my daughter being twelve now, that I can't even. It's so it's so far removed that all those programs are. um, I've gone past them. So the. The idea of a of a franchise over here, I think that's that's the idea of people who are thinking, what about the people who aren't currently fans? That if we put a team in London, where people will be like, oh, I'm I want to support a London team, because the people who are already fans, that idea, it's not for you. No, it's for it's for the other people because we're we're all we're all in it now. We're all spending the money. We're spending our time. We're you know, we're buying Game Pass and then moaning about it and all that sort of stuff. We're already in. Not go there. But the next, yeah. But the next lot, they're not in there yet. And if if the NFL thinks, okay, well, the only way to make sure that we get another generation is international expansion, then you know, well, that's what can happen. I just, I don't think they will. I really don't. I think it no, would... I don't think they will either. But that would be the logic. But I, I, I see NFL Europe coming back. I mean the developmental league like, I, I totally see that coming back now I would love it like that that XFL USFL merger that is apparently on the cards and it won't take either of those names I'm not saying that they're going to you know set up in in Europe maybe work with the um European League of Football but how amazing would that be Oh you yeah I, and and I think to... we're ready for it now I think we're in a we're in a state now where it would be appreciated that people would go I think Yes. I think if we had, and they're starting to do, there is a Euro, there is a European league. The rainfire is are going, and there's uh, there's one in Spain, and you know, I think if the NFL was smart and got that on board, because there were some phenomenal players that came from NFL Europe. Kurt Warner played here. Brad Johnson played here. Um, quite a number of, of of players went on to play in the NFL. You know, it is a good, and the NFL was shown, especially with the lack of preseason. I mean, week one, I don't, I don't, you know, we'll get into some proper football talk, I suppose, in a second uh, <laughs> before we let you go. But in terms of, I found week one this year 
was poorer because of the lack of preseason. I felt the teams were very yes. conservative. I felt that um, there was a lot of disconnection. There was a lot of this feeling of ring rust. Um, and, you know, I definitely felt that the fences were on top in week one. Week two, a bit more of a bounce back. We started to see more offensive plays, more of the, what we're kind of accustomed to. I'm not saying it was less entertaining because you had a lot of close games as a result of the defensive struggles. But I found a lot of the play calling was very safe, um, lack of risks. And I think if you have this developmental league, you can actually try these new concepts and get players playing most of the year round, potentially, except for the stars, and then be able to do something. I think that would be the way to go. But I'm not Commissioner Goodell. Yeah. No, you're not. You're not commissioning the NFL just yet. Um, you know, I would. Uh, you'd have. You'd have my vote. I don't. I don't believe it comes to a vote. No, or at least not a vote. Vote that I'm going to be involved in. No, but yeah, I, I, think be, I think it'd be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, and of course there are some chapters about NFL Europe slash the World League yeah. in the in the book, which were highly entertaining. It meant that I kept getting distracted and kind of watching okay. old Monarchs and Claymores games on YouTube, um, and. I to- I'd totally forgotten that a very famous and influential sports broadcaster yeah. was involved in the Monarchs TV show on Channel Four. Read the book, and you'll and you'll find out who. Yeah, definitely. In fact, make sure you make sure you buy this book. It's on Amazon. It's on all good retailers. Buy it today. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. Please do not just to su- you know not just to support Ben, although that is a perfectly good and valid reason, and you definitely should. But it's just. It just captures the essence of what fandom in the UK is about. And there isn't a book like this. There just isn't. Um, the, you know, Pitch, as you said, they brought out other NFL books. Um, one of them, uh, again, by a good friend of mine who writes for The, the Mirror. And I, I read that. And it captures all the different games and, and the history of NFL games here. Phenomenal book. But this captures people. And every person in the community who plays in the Fantasy Football League, listens to a podcast know someone in the community will really appreciate this book. So please go and buy it. Um, I promise you, and I'm not just saying this because Ben's here, I promise you, you will enjoy it. Um, I'm not going to offer a money-back guarantee. I'm not loaded. Um, <laughs> but I promise you, you will enjoy it. If I, if I had the money, I certainly would. Um, let's talk a little bit. We've got just under, sort of under 10 minutes here about um, week two. Who caught your eye from a a player perspective. We'll, we'll leave the bears out of it. Cause I know it's a bit of a sore subject right now, but uh... a very sore subject. Yeah. <laughs> but what, uh... Uh, I mean, I, what I, I, I always enjoy looking at those younger players who are new to the league and look like they're starting to get a foothold. Um, so I really liked what I saw from Sky Moore. Mm. Um, and I think he can be a really big part of what the chiefs do going forward obviously they're in an interesting situation it feels like that 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 game in week one was pretty dreadful from an offensive point of view and they they couldn't seem to get anyone involved and obviously there were issues with Kadarius tony but sky Moore, i it was one of the key reasons that um the chiefs beat beat the jags mm. um i think he's probably going to have a very good game against the bears this week um and you know, in fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that game because there's 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 another player that I've um, that I've enjoyed seeing in his kind of brief appearances is Roshan Johnson oh, yeah. of the Bears, um, who I think is going to be you know maybe not a superstar but one of those very reliable 
backs. I think he's looked better than um, Khalil Herbert. Um, he's he was you know he was fantastic at, at, at Texas, and I think he's someone that is just going to get a lot more carries. Really enjoyed. I really enjoyed watching him. I think he's 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 a lot of fun and someone who was a, a quarterback who has really I, that I'm really pleased for because I'm I'm sick of people deciding someone is a bust or mm. um, headed to Canton based on watching red zone um, <clears throat> rather than rather than rather than watching games now if you want if you want to watch red zone that's absolutely fine it's an amazing product but the one thing it doesn't give you <laughs> is any real idea about no players and how their how their careers are progressing so baker mayfield who was drafted into a pretty dysfunctional organization he did make plenty of mistakes not just as a not just as a rookie but he's someone who like when he was when he was in college he kind of he, he bounced around he was he was a, ended up being a, a walk-on at oklahoma um having an incredible career in oklahoma but he was kind of a guy that nobody had wanted and then turned into a number one overall pick, which perhaps was not really justified. So that that kind of hype just put a lot of pressure on him. And now he's in a good situation. He's, he's on a team in Tampa Bay where the defense can do a lot of the heavy lifting, can give him some short fields, and he can just be efficient and show the sort of things that he did at Oklahoma. So I've really enjoyed watching his progression this season i really hope his career takes off now i don't like i don't see why why he can't be the starter in tampa bay in the in the medium term i don't think this has to be okay well he's a stopgap until next season i think he could show enough this year to be like okay we've got our quarterback so i hope bucks fans look after him because i think he's uh I think he deserves deserves a bit of slack. Well, uh, I think I think Bucks fans in general are more positive on him than most. Uh, I'm haven't been. Um, the biggest the biggest enemy to Baker Mayfield is Baker Mayfield, and for me, hundred percent personality wise, he's very similar to Jameis Winston. Very, very, very similar to Jameis Winston, in the sense of Jameis Winston was someone who believed he thought he was Superman. So he believed he had to win games on his own. And he had this mentality of, if I don't make the play, we don't win. And that, and Baker Mayfield has a touch of that. And he needs that coached out of him. He needs to understand that he is part of a team. And this is where Tom Brady doesn't get enough recognition for me. Tom Brady look always everyone always thinks that Tom Brady is this this guy this this you know enigma of it's all about him it's the Tom Brady show and actually he's the first person to try and pass on the credit to the guys if you ever watch any of his old interviews it's so and so made a phenomenal catch or so and so ran a great route or so and so made a big play and he's always always passing the praise around the team and you know and we talk about his contract situation all the time he never took the big money always made sure that other guys got paid. He knew he backed himself to be a serial winner and make it on the back end. Baker Mayfield, and I saw this, a touch of this against the Bears. He buys into the press. So he wins angry runs. And, th- and this was the only thing about his performance on Sunday I didn't like. I think he has exceeded all expectations. 
in the first two games. It is only two games, and I caveat that. He, when he, he's won angry rums, he's got the scepter, and all of a sudden he's getting the praise and the t-shirt. And listen, I careers are short. You should lap up the successes. You don't get enough of them. And Baker Mayfield hasn't had enough of them. But at the same point, what did he try and do on Sunday quite a few times? Try and take off and run with the ball when there was a pass that was a better option. And it's that that is he that's his Achilles heel. That is where he's going to not fulfill all of his potential. Because if he tries and thinks that he's Superman, that he is the show, that he is the star, it will fall apart. Because he doesn't have enough combination of gravitas and elite skill to get it, to carry that when it doesn't go well. And that's that's his issue. But he has totally played fair. very well. Totally fair. Completion percentage, very high. Uh, he's made some big plays. The biggest thing for him, not turn the football over. At no point yes. has he looked like he's going to turn the football over. He's not made that many bad passes. If he has, he's always thrown him in a position where the, the defender can't catch. It doesn't, it's not, he's not in being a situation where the ball looks like it's going to get intercepted. It's, if it's a miss, it's a miss out wide. It's a miss out to the byline. It doesn't matter. Um, and I think that's the that's the maturity. He definitely looks more mature. And I think it's someone who understands the situation of this is his last chance. Rochelle Johnson, I'm 100% on board. I've talked about him all week. Talked about him last week. Talked about him the week before. Rochelle Johnson is going to be the starting back for the Bears. Might not be this week, but it will be in the next couple of weeks. Khalil Herbert is not the guy. He's not the guy. And I'm not, it's not a slight on his talent. He's going to have a role. But Khalil Herbert, and I've said this time and time again, and, and people will say, well, you've said this before, Murph. When Damon Montgomery left, they went and got Donta Foreman, who was the most similar back you can get to um, David Montgomery in free agency. And then they went and drafted the guy. So it showed they didn't have complete confidence that Herbert was going to be the guy they needed him, like the, the 1A in this offense. Very good 1B back. One of the better 1B one, one backs in this in the, in the league. But Roshan Johnson's an alpha. He's going to take the majority of the way. And as you say, he's special. He's talented. He should be a player. It should be picked up. His usage, his utilization, uh, I'm tracking it every week, is going up and up. So I looked at it this week. I'm just going to pull the number up. He, you know, uh, 42% of, uh, of snaps, which is more than week one. A lot of that was because of the Donta Foreman uh, healthy scratch. But again, he's getting the high value touches. He's getting a good amount of volume. Don't worry about the, the box score against the Bucks. The Bucks have one of the two best run defenses in the league. It doesn't matter. But the usage is where it's all going right. So I think Rochel Jodz, you're right. And Sky Moore, I agree with you. The one thing I'm worried about Sky Moore is he runs a lot of routes that he doesn't get targeted on. So it says to me he's not a high read in that offense. Now he can be, but looking at it, he's still about the third or fourth read. So when he's making plays, he's not probably the intended target on that route. It's they've gone to Kelsey. They can't get him open. They've gone to Kadarius Tony. He doesn't in a good situation. Oh, but Sky Moore's there. Okay. He's in space. And it's good because the more that he does that, he'll move up that look chart. But he's only getting looked at uh, 12 out of every 100 routes on average, which isn't anywhere near enough. It needs to be in that sort of 20 to 30 range. But... It will happen for him, I'm sure, because he's got amazing talent. Um, and I think he's someone who will prove who will prove to be a safe pair of hands, you know, in that 
in that offense. Um, and he's he's a lot of fun. And I don't yeah. completely trust Kadarius Tony. And yeah. I, I, you know, that I've said that since the day he was drafted. Not that he was a terrible player, but you know, again, drafted too high. And I don't think anyone could have expected to be. I, I mean, he was he had as as bad a day as any skill position player will have that you'll ever see. You know, against the Lions, but that sort of thing's an aberration. I think really it's the, it's the fact that he's just not quite as crisp no. as as I as I would like to see. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to see the version of Kadarius Tony that we saw in Gainesville. A lot of mentions of Gainesville and the Gators here. I know. Well, um, that's what happens when I'm around. But, talking, but... yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and and people like me weren't overly high on him in Gainesville. He was a good player. Again, when he went, was it 20, 25 in the, in the draft? You're like, mm, something like that. That's spicy. That was punchy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But hey, that's what happens. Uh, but look, I know you've got to get out of here, man. Um, tell everyone uh, where they can find you if they don't already follow you. Um, and if they've got questions about the book or, or want to just say thanks for Thanks for writing the book. Um, where can everybody find you and, and interact with you and and follow your good work as well? Um, thank you. Well, I'm I'm mostly on Twitter slash X, whatever you want to call it. Um, I am tweets from Ben. I'm not going to go and change that to posts from Ben or whatever Elon Musk <laughs> is telling us tweets are called. Now it is just tweets from Ben. Um, not super active on Instagram, but you can find me at Ben Isaacs. That's B-E-N-I-S-A-A-C-S. Um, and you can buy the book everywhere. But I would say if you really want to do me a solid and help other people get their books published, if they want to write about the NFL and they're from the UK, please leave a review on Amazon. There is nothing that does more for a book's visibility than reviews on Amazon. I've got this goal, it's a lofty goal, but I've got a goal of getting to 100 reviews by the end of October. We're a third of the way there, pretty much. We've got 33 last I saw. If we can get to 100, that is huge. And what it does is it will say to publishers that, do you know what? People from the UK can write books about the NFL and people are interested. Maybe you should publish some more. Maybe other people should get opportunities, and it isn't just isn't just me. So please leave a review on Amazon. It makes the world of difference, not just to me, but for everyone who's going to come after me. It does. I'm looking at the reviews now. Um, there are some names I recognise, which is always uh, always good. Um, yes, but definitely do. I, I couldn't agree more. You've definitely got to do that. Um, and you've definitely got to write a review. If you have the opportunity, please do. Um, but yeah, just look, just get involved. It's it's a phenomenal book um, for any fan of the NFL. Ben's a phenomenal bloke. You also catch him on uh, Nat Coos podcast. You're a big college fan. In fact, you're doing a great social thing at the moment. That's why you've got to follow Ben. We've been robbed of college <laughs> football here in the UK um, quite significantly this year. There's a lot of people very unhappy about it. And you are doing the good service of telling all fans where they can watch games. So um, if you don't like books. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah exactly. Reason. Follow me on a Saturday and just watch college football. Now, like, here's the thing, right? I am, I'm, I'm giving you, I'm giving you links of where to watch, where to watch college games for free, right? Now, the only reason I'm doing that is because nobody will let me pay for it. Now, yeah. I'd be happy to pay for it on ESPN player or BT Sport, those options have been taken off the table. The only thing that you can pay for is pay for Sky Sports and you can watch Notre Dame home games. 
However, no Notre Dame also streamed those games for free anyway outside America. So you could sign up to the Notre Dame, um, I think it's called fightingirish.tv or something, and you could stream those home games for free. Everything else, like I'm not going to ever say on a Sunday, oh, here's how to watch, um, here's how to watch this game um, for free. No, because there's an option. You can pay and you can watch the NFL. You can get Game Pass, you can get Sky. But for college, we've had the option taken away. So on a Saturday, as the evening goes on, I will say, here's a good game to watch. Here's the link to watch it. And that includes um, college game day. I kind of try and take you through from 3 p.m. until until the night. And usually I'm up early for my daughter's football team that I've got to drive to wherever for that. So I'm generally not watching games at 1 or 2 a.m. Someone will have to take over there. But it's something I feel strongly about. I want people to be able to have the opportunity to watch college football. I'm never going to give you a free link to something that you can you can buy. But if they are going to refuse to sell it to us, then I'll find a place that we can just watch it and we can talk about it. Yeah, it's a great thing that you do because it is keeping people, it's keeping college football alive. It was just starting to grow. They just started bringing a game over to Ireland every year. And now they, they're at risk of setting this back 10 years if they don't solve this. Absolutely. Hopefully it's a one-year glitch. But appreciate the good work you do there. Appreciate all the work you do. Please follow Ben. Please buy the book. If you've bought the book, please leave a review on Amazon. Please, please, please do it as a favor to me, if not a favor to Ben, because uh, we <laughs> want to see more NFL books get published. Uh, as a person who reads a lot of books, um, I want to see more content out there. So, uh, Ben, thank you so much for coming on. We'll get you on again soon. Um, maybe we'll talk some college. Uh, Florida are ranked, which is just stupid. Uh, I don't know who's ranking Florida because we're rubbish, but... Uh, we'll take the one week that we're ranked at 25. So uh, heavens alive. It's a good week. Heading into week three, the season is absolutely storming along. Please do follow all of our writers, all of our guests, everybody. Please do. Please leave a review for this show. Don't ask for it that often. Also, this show was brought to you by Manscaped. Told you about the uh, the beard trimmer and how great it is. There is the Lawnmower 4.0. You can buy all their products over at manscaped.com or manscaped.co.uk. Free international shipping. Use the code 5YARD. Get 20% off with free global shipping as well. So please do that. Follow the Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash 5YARDRUSH uh, and get the exclusive podcasts and all the work over there that we do. So uh, from Ben, from I, thank you very much for tuning in. Looking forward to catching up with you tomorrow with a match, match, uh, match-up show and, and all the uh, fantasy stuff I'll be producing will be out a bit later, but it'll be out tomorrow. Until then, as always, Rush Nation, don't forget, keep watching. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.